Some battles are best fought with a sidekick. Krista Ritchie. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. For today's episode, we will be talking about our guidebook, Designing Side Characters. Last episode, it was the main character. Now it's the entire supporting cast. If you're really enthusiastic, you can, of course, get the main character book for all of your characters. That seems a little superfluous, especially because some of these characters we're only seeing in maybe a quarter of the scenes. If you do it for one of the other characters, I would recommend doing it for the villain because they tend to be your second most important character of the entire book. But we're going to briefly go over everything you need to know about all of your side characters, no matter who they are. We have covered how to write side characters more than once in the past. In season six, for our bonus episode, we covered surface level, what makes for a really good villain. That's our nitty gritty series. In season 21, episode nine, we talked about villains and if they should be evil or not. And then just this summer, we did talk a little bit in our editing demos series, season 22, episode six, we talked about character voice. So when it comes to designing all of your cast, whether you have a small cast or a big cast, there are a couple of things that you need to determine first about them. Most importantly, how do they meet the main character? Of course, with every character, they have their strengths and their weaknesses, and they often go hand in hand. So make sure with every character you create, you at least know their strengths and weaknesses, because that gives them purpose in the story. Whether that's to be the villain, the romantic interest, a sidekick, or a mentor, they need to have a strength or a weakness that ties in with that role that they play. It is also good for you to know, especially if you're a plotter, if the character is going to live or die by the end. Because so much of your character development will depend on that goal at the end of the story. And one of the other things that it's good to know is how your characters look, their physical description. So a good way to do this is figure out which actor or which person you would have portray that character. This helps you keep things consistent, especially for the secondary tertiary characters that might not be named right off the bat. So let's get into actually individual roles within a story that are side characters. First off is, of course, the villain. Without a good villain, you don't really have a good story. Having this villain fleshed out will help you understand the motivations and make those villainous deeds even better. So things you uniquely need to know about the villain would be their motivation. Why are they the villain? And some quirks. If you have a villain that needs everything to be very tidy and precise, or if you have a villain that needs to be in control over everything no matter what, he just needs to feel in control. The other role that villains play in a story is to be a counterpoint to the MC. So a lot of times you will have them be the same as the MC in many ways. Take, for example, Harry Potter and Voldemort. They both had similar upbringings, but the path that they chose was different. There are many ways where your main character and your villain are the same. 
but understanding how they're different from the main character helps clarify who's actually the good guy and who's actually the bad guy. After your villain, you'll usually have a mentor character. One of the things you need to know about them are their past failures. What have they done in the past that has prevented them from being the hero? Their backstory is at least as important as your main character's backstory, because their backstory is probably going to come and bite them in the butt. You can also consider their past students. I really like Philatides from Hercules for this, because he lists out Achilles and that stupid heel of his, and I taught this guy and this guy, and they all failed. What makes you think you're going to be any different? And sometimes that past student has become the villain. The mentor character is looking at the main character as sort of his own redemption. Think Star Wars. Of course, it's not necessary, but it's very common to have that romantic interest character. Sometimes there are more than one romantic interest, especially in more drama-type books. You'll have love triangles or squares or dodecahedrons. We have a past episode on that if you want to look into it. But there are things that you can consider to help the romantic interest feel like a real character with a purpose in the story beyond just being a love interest. One of the first things you need to look at is what makes them attractive to the main character. On the flip side of that, you need to look at what about the MC is attractive to the romantic interest. Or if they even are attracted at all. If you are doing an enemies to lovers or the characters are falling in love throughout the process of the story, knowing what eventually will make them fall in love with each other will be helpful in the enemies part of that because they should still have those traits. And that is what triggers the slide into death and oblivion. I think you mean attraction. Uh. Most importantly, though, figure out the purpose this character has outside of romance. They need to have a skill set or a knowledge base that makes them vital to the plot other than just being eye candy for the main character. Because if they're attracted to someone who just puppy dogs, we don't like the main character anymore. One role that a romantic interest can play is the sidekick, because the sidekick is another really important part of telling the story. But sidekicks have their own questions, their own quirks, and their own goals within a story. Sidekicks often accompany your secret identity superheroes, and they're the ones who know the truth about who the superhero is, and that's okay. If you think of the TV show Arrow, the romantic interest is also kind of the sidekick. So when you're designing a sidekick, you need to look at their quest. What goal do they have in the story? Why does he still accompany the hero on something even though it's not his mission? There's some sort of stakes, some sort of event that has compelled him to go on this quest with the main character. Sometimes that's because they see the truth in the main character that the MC refuses to see in themselves. Your sidekick is not a character to have in order to manipulate your main character into doing something. 
they should have their own story, their own purpose, their own goals. And especially their own strengths. Another collection of characters you might be including in your story would be the society or the crew. This is the rebellion that your main characters are part of, the Jedi Council, Dumbledore's army, and Order of the Phoenix. The thieving crew. Sometimes this is also called the found family. In this workbook, we don't have a whole lot to go into each of them. We just have the things we mentioned before and just what their title is in the society and what their role is in the story. Are they the grifter? Are they the acrobat? Are they the explosives expert? Another character that you might not have put a lot of thought into, especially if you're a pantser, is the secret ingredient character. So when you're considering those side characters, consider which character is going to have an influence on the end where everything hangs in a delicate balance, but something needs to tip the scales. What is that thing and why is it a secret? So an example of this, you have Wormtail who in the seventh book felt bound to save Harry Potter because of something Harry Potter had done for him in the past. And then you also had another secret ingredient of Snape actually not being a bad guy. And the last role we wanted to mention in this book is the Greek chorus. They're the ones who are talking about what's happening in order to make sure that the audience is following everything. This is often a character who is ignorant of what makes your world special. So somebody who is just learning magic for the first time, they're going to the school of magic. Sometimes that's your main character because as your characters learn, so does the audience. When it comes to this Greek chorus character, you need to have a reason for their ignorance. They can't just be ignorant to be ignorant. And then if this character is not your main character, how are they different? The main character might know exactly what they're doing. The Witcher knows exactly what he's doing. So Jaskier is kind of the Greek chorus character. So the Witcher, in as few words as possible, is explaining what's going on and helps him learn about the monsters. There are many other kinds of side characters that you can have. This is all a basis for you to start building the world because the world existed long before you ever started writing in it. Having these characters, having the history of them, knowing their motivation gives you a depth to your writing that you wouldn't otherwise have, which is why we wanted to give you this opportunity, make this workbook so that you can really fill in the world, fill in all of those characters and the roles and pieces that they play. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We hope that when you go out and you write your characters, that you always make sure that you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 